Hey everybody, this is Al Nash from the Unapologetic Women Empowerment Dynasty and you're listening to the Unapologetic Women podcast, the show for women who choose to live their legacies, unleashed, unlimited and unapologetic. If this is a space that you're curious about, visit unapologetic-women.com. Today we're talking about a sense of wholeness with Tinuke Babalola Harry, a modern-day Renaissance woman and polymath. Tanuka wears many hats. She believes that there's a spark of brilliance within each one of us that can be unleashed when fostered. Despite her young age, she has had an illustrious career that ranges from market research to education management, curriculum and policy development, as well as crisis counseling. She grew up privileged in a family that was dedicated to international development and humanitarian service. So being a leader is the only way she knows how to be. Affectionately called the lovable badass, being herself is her superpower. Now, I just want to apologize up front for the sound quality of this episode. Unfortunately, life happens. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Tinuke. You are the youngest guest on the podcast mm-hmm. today. And the reason I invited you onto the show was because I've had the pleasure and privilege to witness so much of your personal growth and evolution over the Mm -hmm. last few years. And I felt that there was space for a younger voice Mm -hmm. of wisdom because I feel sometimes wisdom in, in the younger people can be negated because we do gain wisdom through experience, right? So the older we get to live, the, the wiser we hopefully become. But it doesn't negate the amount of wisdom that a young generation can bring out through their conscious growth and evolution. So thank you for coming onto the show today and for being willing to share with us. Thanks for having me. Like this is a this is a I I made a joke about about being perfect, but it like this is a really uh big growth thing for me because like what I've been working on is kind of leaning into imperfection, not not uh not shying away from excellence because that's a completely different thing, but just kind of leaning into doing things you know and not worrying that it's 100% ready and so when you said are you guys like I'm perfect but like <laughs> so so this is a growth thing because like normally I would like script and plan and whatever and 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 for this I just kind of have an intention of just kind of showing up <laughs> just showing up unapologetically right yeah. and that's yeah. the whole purpose of this is creating a space for women to release the idea that we have to be perfect that we already have to be at an outcome that we have to be a certain way in order for us to choose to be unapologetically ourselves um Mm -hmm. so when i use the term unapologetic woman what comes to mind for you for me i would say a sense of wholeness and congruence um a sense of being at ease in my world 
So yeah, so wholeness, congruence, a sense of at ease in my world, at ease in my body, and and not having to kind of defend that or explain it or even kind of push against anything, you know, just kind of being at ease in my skin. Yeah. That has been a challenge for me during my lifetime. For most part, I was at unease in my skin and mm -hmm. with my skin, never mind in the world. My relationship with my body was one where a lot of growth needed to take place. When mm -hmm. you say at ease with your body, what has that journey been like for you? For me, it's been um, it's been interesting because I think, and and this is a, this is a, this is, a, this, is a, this is such a hilarious thing to say because. I was having a friend, a conversation with a friend the other day, and I was telling him, I was telling him about how, you know, because we went to boarding school together and everything, and I was talking about how, you know, I came in with masculine energy, and I always felt like I was, you know, this out of place, and he was just like, no, like, what masculine energy? <laughs> and, like, now when I say masculine energy, I mean, like, that sense of discipline, but I feel like, there was a disconnect between um, kind of like how I was showing up in the world and what I thought I was showing up as, which were two very different things. Oh, my auntie. Uh, which are which are like two very two very different things, right? Because it's like you um, you see yourself one way in your head, and, and then everyone. Good afternoon. Uh, and then everyone kind of sees a like a different uh like a different thing and and it's not congruent mm -hmm. and unfortunately like I found that my self-concept was a diminished version of what was being seen by everyone else mm -hmm. and so it was just like it was just like really weird like I couldn't like I couldn't make sense of a lot of things that were happening outside because I couldn't see what everyone else was seeing. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, um, hmm. it's kind of like hard to respond if you don't know what you're responding to, right? Especially like when you're not, like when your state of mind isn't reflecting what is true right and so like lots of people talk about things like having body image issues and then I, don't know, I never really had any of those kinds of things I like I like my body I like being a girl I liked whatever I thought I was a wallflower turns out no one ever, ever saw me that way which is hilarious <laughs> um I thought I was kind of like the plain Jane kind of person turns out no one ever saw me that way and so it's like It's like I was psychologically showing up as something that people didn't see me as, but I didn't know that. And so, and so that was, that was an interesting thing, but, but as for like, I like my body, I like, like, I haven't, 
like I don't have any uh like I have I don't know like my like my my experience in my body has been just like it's been generally positive um like when I was um I was orthodox for about five to six years orthodox Muslim for five to six years and so that was kind of like being a Catholic nun but like a Muslim version and so during that time I wore modest dress and everything like that and even then you know like I was I was, I was kind of I was at ease in my skin I really didn't care one way or the other um um how people kind of felt about it like it wasn't an attempt to kind of um hide myself or anything like that it was it was kind of more of a sense of devotion to divinity and that kind of stuff although I would argue that it was more of a psychological armor than a physical armor but that's a different conversation for a different context uh but all in all like I just like I have like and like the women around me are just really comfortable in their bodies. It's not a, it's not a thing. Um, and so, and so I didn't realize that that was a thing that women went through until I was kind of like in university and kind of like hearing about what other, other people would go through, like, um, like bulimia and stuff like that. Like I remember at one point um, when I was when I was like Orthodox and I was still in seminary and everything like that, I was like fasting during um, Ramadan and it's like dust to done, depending on where you are. And in Winnipeg, it was like 10, 11 hours and everything like that. And I remember like my adopted mom was scared that I had anorexia or something like that. Cause like she couldn't understand that. Um, like she couldn't understand that it was just like a discipline thing. It wasn't like, I wasn't trying to hurt myself. Like I was just like, it was like worship, you know, pray and fast and that kind of stuff, right? And so at first she thought I was kind of um, like, maybe I had some kind of body image or food issues and stuff like that. But then after watching, she was just like, no, like, she's just like fasting. Like that's what she does, she fasts. And, and so I think, I, I think, yeah, like I think I've been very lucky in that regard that I haven't had um, issues with my body. I think, um, yeah, like I've I've just been I've been very very lucky in that regard. It's just been, it's been a positive experience. But I think I think the disservice that I've done myself sometimes is not, is like my self concept not being in alignment with, with the external. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, it's like, which is true? Is it the self concept or the, the external? And and then people get to pick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a big realization to get to right and most people never even get to the point of hey there's a disconnect between how I'm perceiving or experiencing myself and how I'm being experienced and perceived by others so what was going on in your life that you came to that realization of mm, there's a disconnect here uh like I just I kept like I kept making choices and I didn't like the outcomes. And um and and it's just like it's like if you do something once, fine, you do it twice, you know, it's like okay. But like you do it a third time, you're like something is something is going on here. So like what is like what like what is like what is what is the, the thing exactly, right? And so I think. Not anything. It was 
like it, it took a couple of it took a couple of crises to kind of realize that just like my like my state of mind and my external presentation weren't the same thing. And so it's just like after it happened a couple of times, it's just like, okay, so what is actually going on here? And um and then just like, yeah, like I could go into all the the details of all the different crises, but there's no point to kind of dragging dragging it. So but I think okay, not I think, but I the 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 shifting point for me was um um I was in uh, I, I was Orthodox Muslim for five to six years, I said that. Um, and then I was in Muslim seminary for about three years of that. And um, towards the end of my time in seminary, I started to kind of have doubts and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh no, it just, it just like something just fell off. I, it was a combination of all of those, of the state of mind thing, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, but something just kind of, something felt off and I couldn't quite picture it. And so I thought to myself, you know what, if I just get married, this is going to stop. <laughs> so, um, so I went and I took um, like, you know, um, like Orthodox Muslim marriage classes and stuff like that. And the more I took classes, the more I was like, no, nah, like this is not, this is not, no, like this is not, this is not gonna. Um, and so, and so that, that kind of, was um like that that kind of was that that kind of was like I guess the precipitating point and then my um uh what's it called and then my adopted dad had cancer and eventually passed away and at that point I just kind of had this kind of crisis of faith where I couldn't believe you know um you know, like that this good man would go to hell because he didn't have the right beliefs and stuff like that. And so when that kind of happened, it was kind of everything kind of fell apart, but fell together in a way. And so it was like once, um, like once my construction of what I thought I was supposed to be wasn't there anymore, I had to ask myself questions about well, who am I really? And then start to kind of just like talk to people, counseling. I think when we met, I had just finished working with an intimacy coach. So, um, and just kind of kind of going through those kinds of things to kind of figure out who I was and and you know how people saw me and all those kinds of things. And um, like some of it was jarring because it was like, oh my goodness, like you know, why didn't I see myself this way? And I could, I could go into, that's a whole whatever, but it's really not particularly relevant. Um, but just kind of asking people, you know, who do you see me as? What do you think my capacity is? You know, the whole, you know, three things you like about me and, you know, that kind of stuff. And and I went around and it was just like this positive, like the, there were a few negative whatever, because people are people, but it was like mostly just... <laughs> But it was it was just like it was just mostly it was just like mostly just like positive stuff. Like even people who necessarily didn't like me, which is which is saying a lot, right? Because like sometimes people don't like you, but like they respect you, right? <laughs> and so and so people who didn't even necessarily like me, but like, you know, respected me and were just like, you know, no, like that's not that's never been how we saw you. And um and 
and yeah and so so it was it was kind of like having to try and uh like reconstruct my sense of self and sense of identity and um and I remember when you went through the whole you know unleash unleash through love and blah 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 and that kind of stuff and I thought to myself okay you know let me pause and actually you know just like listen you know listen to my body and listen to my because like I was just I was physically exhausted like I hadn't like I didn't do anything harming or anything like that I wasn't over exercising or or anything like that but it's just like I was just like physically emotionally exhausted all the time and um and so I paused and I rested a little bit and and just like talked to people and then rested some more and and did some volunteer work and um and didn't really do a lot of coaching because I found that I was using personal development as some kind of like once again, like a lot of my self-flagellation was more psychological than physical. Um, and you could argue that that's like internalized from whatever, 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 but whatever, who cares? <laughs> like that's, like, the origin is really, like I don't have any control over, over what the origin is, but I have control over um, how I respond to, to whatever is present, right? Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like addictions. If you've done any work in the addiction space, right? It's like um, the consensus from people who have done that kind of work will be that a, a lot of addiction is rooted in trauma. And, and so the addiction is a way to kind of cope and feel this whole and whatever. And it can be all sorts of different things, right? But it's like, regardless and, and it's not to minimize the trauma I'm not one of those trauma minimizing people but it's like regardless of what the trauma is or isn't um, at the end of the day like the the responsibility for recovery and the choice for recovery is on the person who has who has been on the receiving end and, and it doesn't mean it's fair I'm not saying it's fair or nice or right or anything like that um, but but it's like once you when, once you kind of make that like connection about like the loss of connection and all of that kind of stuff, the, the pieces kind of begin to fall into place. And so I was having a conversation with someone and I was talking about, you know, feeling alienated from this and alienated from that and all these kinds of stuff. And I thought to myself, you know what, how can I, how can I unalienate myself? <laughs> and so, and so just like, you know, like I was like, I was feeling homesick because uh, I grew up in uh, Nigeria before I moved to Canada as a teenager and so you know I started I started watching you know like Nigerian movies and music and all of that kind of stuff that I hadn't really um, seen in a while and um, and I was feeling alienated from certain kinds of community and I started to just kind of kind of basically feed myself first instead of having this compulsive need to feed everybody else um, and I feel like for me personally, that's what, and I don't, I don't like to use the word addiction lightly, but that's kind of what it, it was for me. Like, just like, just like giving, 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 giving until you're drained. And so there isn't this balance between intake and, and outtake. And so, and so the decision became, you know, how can I feed myself? <laughs> how can I alienate myself from myself? You know, um, who am I? What is important to me? What choices do I get to make and everything like that? And 
And also just kind of thinking about, you know, the idea of enablement and how, and how sometimes um, like the only reasons that systems persist in the way they do is because of the role that we're playing in helping to uphold them, right? So we don't necessarily have to kind of go out and like, rah, 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 I'm going to bring you down, you know, because like, well, some people do, do that. I'm not negating that, but it's just like sometimes you just kind of, you just kind of, I don't want to say quit, like the quiet quitting, but you just kind of, you're just like, okay, like, okay, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not playing anymore, right? And it's just like, it's kind of, um, like in counseling, in it's kind of like, you know, how they talk about relationships being a dance, right? Or a tennis match, right? You can't necessarily, you know, like if someone stops playing or someone stops dancing or they change the tune, then something has to change, right? Like you can't have the same exact dynamic you know sometimes you're able to you know go back to the same dance partner and have a different dance and sometimes the dance doesn't work and everything like that but it's like once I take out myself from the dance then there is no dance right it, it might take a few tries to figure out what dance I want because I don't at this point it's like you know do I like tango do I like salsa do I want to slow dance do I want to zumba like I don't really know so, in my, <laughs> so it, it takes a while to kind of figure out, you know, like what dance really is me, you know, since I'm figuring out myself, but it's just like, well, I don't like the dance we're dancing before. And so that's ending and I don't know what the next dance is yet, but, um, but I will figure it out. And so, so for me, it was kind of like, just like that enablement dynamic about how sometimes like a lot of the systems that we spend time kind of trying to bring down or yell about or anything like that are just as, as staying up just because we're participating, right? Like we don't necessarily have to be against it or sometimes you do, but I, I find for me that I don't necessarily have to be like sometimes just like being who you are and just kind of showing up as is, is enough of a message. And, um, and it's really hard to, because it's like when you don't show up, then nature abhors, abhors a vacuum so people can fill in whatever. But when you just kind of show up and you're you're there and you're just like, even if you're there and you're like, I'm at the party, I'm not going to dance. But everyone knows that, you know, it's not that you're, you know, you know, snow skiing when everyone else is dancing or something. It's a really weird, you know what I mean? But it's just like, it's like, I'm just like, oh, you know what, I'm here, this dance, I'm not going to dance. And, you know, dancing is important to me, but... It is what it is. And and so yeah, so for me, like a big a big theme was just like enablement because it's like like it's easy to kind of point the finger and be like, this person did that and that person did that and blah 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 and everything like that, which is valid. Like I'm not saying that um like there isn't good or bad or anything like that, but it's just like once again, like if I'm letting the same dynamic repeat itself over and over again, then I should be asking why you know doesn't really mean like why am I making the same choices over and over again it's like different faces different whatever but it's like <laughs> the same result and so and so once I took once I took that approach you know like things started to change and shift and I started couple of different dances and a different, a couple of different experiments. And I'm still kind of in the process of figuring out, you know, 
what works for me and what doesn't. No, what works for me? Because I know for a fact what doesn't work. Like that's that's now like that's really clear. Like there's no confusion about what I don't want. But it's like once you figure out what you don't want, then what it is, what is, is it that you actually do want? And um yeah, that's that's kind of beautiful. <laughs> One of the things that you yeah. said to me when we reconnected, and this is something I hear from my clients a lot, is it took me a long time to get it. Like after mm -hmm. we stopped working together, the work that we did together didn't necessarily fit. The puzzle pieces didn't fit for you while we were working. How did mm -hmm. it feel for you to end the journey and kind of go, mm, okay, that was great, but I still don't get it, and then trust the process until the day where it kind of goes, click, oh, okay, now I get it. Like, how can you describe what that feels like? Because I feel my sense is a lot of the times people are almost addicted to personal development right now because they feel the journey has to end with a result, with a definitive uh -huh. outcome and result. And if they don't get that, they go to the next and the next and the next and the next. And there's uh -huh. no time for integration. Uh-huh. I think for me personally, I didn't know that there was supposed to be more. Um, and this is hilarious. So like I actually I finished I finished the whole thing quite satisfied and exhausted. And I thought I was done. So like I like I think I think it was what it was like 10 books maybe that we had to read. And I think I got through seven. And then I was like three quarters through women who run with wolves and everything like that. So like I actually finished the whole thing pretty content and satisfied. I thought I had done a really good job. Um, and and like the results, the results I the results I envisioned weren't the results I got at the end, but they were, but like they felt like they fit for where I was. And so for me personally, after the, like, I was actually pretty content when, 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 and so I was actually a bit shocked to find out that there was more after, um, like after the process, because I thought I had finished and I was done and I was like, hooray, yay, free, free to go and stuff like that. And so it was, it was more of a delight, at least for me personally, to figure out that there was like more to like the cookie jar and the whatever, and just kind of unleashing and then after a while I was like oh, come on like I was like I was like well like I was enjoying this but this is taking too long so <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wasn't so like I wasn't like after the fact like after the fact like you know when things integrated and whatever like a lot of things started to make a lot more sense um after I think about a year or so and then it was like during the pandemic and I ended up doing crisis counseling. And so I could just kind of see the flip side of what it looked like to work with people in a certain kind of context. Um, and so that's when I realized that there was still more, but when I finished, I was content. Like, I was just like, I was just like, you know, I, I was like, I did a good job. I told everyone, I was like, I didn't eat. And once again, I was like, you know, I didn't do the clean eating thing. I tried to, I tried to, I registered for kickboxing, but I was too exhausted, so I quit. But, but I remember but that, like, you know, I was dancing every day. Yeah, but I was dancing every day. Like, I, I still dance every day. It's been three years, and I dance every day in the morning. And for me, that was such a huge mindset shift that I was like content and satisfied with 
the joy that came out of just, well, not just that, like there were so many other changes, but just like the behavioral outcomes that had come were things I wasn't expecting. And so I was actually pretty content when the, when the, when the program ended, you know, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you still dancing every day. You know, that is one of the things I really encourage more women to start integrating into life. We process so much through dance, especially as women. We can change our state of energy so quickly just by dancing. Um, and people just think it's too simple. It's too mm -hmm. simple. It can't possibly be that transformational. And yet it is. <laughs> Where you are today, what is it that you take an unapologetic stance for? <sighs> an unapologetic stance? Hmm. Like I, I would say, I would say an unapologetic stance for being human. Um, and just kind of being okay with this being human because I feel like, um, I feel like when you're kind of like used to achievement and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, you can kind of just like forget that, you know, like you're human, you're allowed to be tired, you're allowed to have bad moods and stuff like that. Um, you're allowed to have a shadow and that's okay too. Um, and so, okay, you know what? So, so I would say, so an unapologetic stance for being human and an unapologetic stance for shadow integration. I know that sounds really, I don't know, but, but yeah, an unapologetic stance for being, for shadow integration, because I realized, at least for me personally, and I'm still realizing this because I'm in the process of still figuring lots of stuff out. Um, but I kind of, I realized that kind of pushing away my shadow, right, had been what had gotten me into a few of the pickles I had found myself in, right? Like I didn't want to be, I didn't want to look to this or do that or blah, 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 and everything like that. And if I had just like simply showed up in that way and not worried about how it would look, then just like some of some of the pickles I kind of got myself into would never have had to, and I don't say never because like I, it's not kind of regret I'm not trying to change the past you know you make your choices you have consequences you manage them as as they come um but I think for me it was like if I had just kind of let my shadow do its thing <laughs> you know like it exists for a reason if I just let my shadow do, do its thing you know just like certain things would not have had to happen to yeah so, so yeah it's an acceptance and appreciation which reintegrates all of us in the acceptance mm -hmm. of wholeness instead mm -hmm. of self-rejection which is really what we are conditioned through society at the moment mm -hmm. beautiful t how do people connect with you if they want to get hold of you where's the best place um LinkedIn LinkedIn mostly um I can I can send you um a link to my my link tree so like I have a my link tree link so it's like link tree slash Ms. B H and, and it has like all of my public links and stuff like that it has links to my sub stack it has links to 
my podcast. Um, it has links to like just like a lot of like it has links to like my like my professional work. It has links to my volunteer work and all of that kind of stuff. So my my best suggestion would be Linktree. Um, LinkedIn sometimes I activate and deactivate. I use it like Facebook sometimes because once again it's kind of moving away from my whole perfectionist having to look a certain way kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so Linktree is the best best way for me. Yeah. Awesome. We'll put that down in this description as well for everybody. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us today, T. This was such a wonderful conversation. And honestly, your journey just continues to inspire. And I look forward to seeing where it takes you next. Yeah. To all thank our you. listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been inspired the way I have by this remarkable young woman and the insights that she's had with regards to how we experience ourselves in the world versus how the world gets to experience us. And we get to make the choice by bringing integration into that. Until next week, don't forget, you get to live your legacy, unleashed, unlimited, and unapologetic. Have an amazing day further. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at The Unapologetic Woman and on LinkedIn at l naj And if you're interested in experiencing The Unapologetic Woman Friendwork Soiree, book in for our next open meeting at unapologetic-women.as.me forward slash unapologetic. Thanks again and I'll see you next week.